0: Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time superhost, and I've over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two under two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Welcome to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast, and thank you for being here. Today, I wanted to talk about the five most annoying things that guests will do, and I don't want to talk about this to dwell on it, although sometimes I do think that that can be very cathartic and therapeutic. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you already know that like half of my reels are just venting about the ridiculous antics that guests get themselves into, and we end up having to deal with. So I I am totally not above venting about these things, but I want to take it a step further and not just talk about these things that guests do that can irritate us, but talk about how to proactively prevent these things from happening. Even if not a hundred percent, there is a lot that we as hosts can do on our end to try and mitigate this behavior and prevent it and control it and just minimize it from happening in the first place. Today's episode is not going to be about guests just completely disrespecting your place, trashing it top to bottom, doing something that requires police getting involved. That's not what today's episode is, okay? Maybe that will be a topic for another episode, but honestly, that happens so, so, so rarely if... Ever, I mean, I've hosted over a thousand reservations and I've never had anything like that happen. So today is more so focused on the everyday little repeat offenses that you're seeing from guests. These are things that are not so intense that they're gonna cause you to quit hosting or give it up altogether, but they're probably getting under your skin. It's just leading to burnout. These are those little things that when you get into the place after a guest has checked out, you're just sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, why did they do this? Like it's not that hard to just follow simple directions. Why are guests doing this? So those kind of things that you've we've all been there, we've all had these thoughts to ourselves. That's what today's episode is gonna tackle, okay? So I'm gonna run through the five like everyday annoyances that you'll see and experience from guests and what we can do as hosts on our end to prevent these things from happening. So let's get into it. Number one, if you find that guests are consistently leaving dirty dishes behind, ask yourself if your property is set up in a way that is making this more likely. Yes, guests are still partly responsible if you make it very clear that they are responsible for loading the dishwasher and cleaning up dishes before they leave. I'm not absolving them entirely, but rather than placing blame, is there some sort of introspection you can do and think to yourself, have I set this property up in a way that is making it more likely that guests are going to be continually leaving dishes behind? So here are a few things you can do to just easily minimize this issue. One, declutter your cabinets. My rule of thumb actually is that I try to set up the property so that all of the dishware, cups, mugs, plates, bowls, silverware, everything, I try to set up my Airbnbs so that all of the dishware could fit in one load of the dishwasher. That way there is no excuse for the guests having to leave stuff in the sink. Previously, I have had it where we had so much dishware and plates and mugs and everything that what was happening is my guests actually were loading and starting the dishwasher. So they were following our checkout instructions, which which asked to do that. However, we have so many dishes that if people were waiting until the very last day of their trip to run the dishwasher or the morning of right before checkout... It was not possible if they just kept pulling more and more dishes while they were there and weren't running the dishwasher at all during their stay. It wasn't physically possible to fit everything in one load. Since then, I have gone ahead and significantly removed the amount of dishware and just kitchen gadgets and stuff that we have in the properties. It's made it so much easier to just keep track of inventory for one. And also guests just don't need that much in a short-term rental. You really don't need as much dishware as you think you do. Have enough so that they're are enough plates and bowls and everything and silverware for the amount of people you advertise for but beyond that you don't need I mean seriously you guys we used to have like a turkey baster in in our listing why who's making turkey unless we had a guest for Thanksgiving and I mean even then if you're coming for Thanksgiving you might need to plan ahead and and bring your own turkey baster so there's a lot of stuff in your listing that you can probably get rid of if in doubt take it out. All right? That's, that's the rule of thumb here. If in doubt, just take it out. If you're sitting there wondering, do I really need this? Do I need this much stuff? Take whatever you're wondering about because you probably don't need it in a short-term rental. And it's just going to help empower your guests to be better at following your checkout instructions. If one of your rules is please have the dishwasher loaded and running and have all dishes clean, now that's already one thing that's going to be so much easier for them to do and to actually comply with. Second thing that guests are going to do that might drive you crazy is rearranging your furniture. If this is happening often, look at the way that guests are rearranging it and ask yourself why. I don't have this happen. A few times we have a guest who just takes it upon themselves to go rearrange things. I don't know why there's still some guests who just like to do that, but for the most part, this does not happen in our listings. And I think it's because we already have it set up in the most optimal, comfortable way. So there's no reason for guests to go ahead and rearrange it. So look at things like this. If you are constantly finding that, for example, the bed is pulled away from the wall, maybe you have an outlet behind there that guests have to move the bed because they can't reach it to charge their phone. If that's the case, super easy fix. Just add a couple extension cords on either side of the bed. So it already reaches. All right. What if every time you're coming in, you're seeing that the couch is moved a little bit. Maybe sit down on the couch and look at the TV. Maybe you just threw the couch somewhere and you've never even sat on it and tried to use the living room yourself. And when you sit down, you realize, oh my gosh, I can't see the TV at all from this angle, you know, or maybe it's more comfortable over here. If that's the case, consider permanently moving the couch over or maybe move your TV. Maybe if you don't want to move your TV, put your TV on one of those mounts that has the arm that extends to any angle that the guest wants, and then you could position it more comfortably towards the couch. So if this is something that's constantly happening with with your listing, ask yourself if your current furniture layout is uncomfortable. You might be really used to a certain layout, and so you don't notice that it could be more ideal. Maybe go to your listing with friends or family, take people and sort of see how they are using the furniture. And if you're just seeing that it's not super comfortable, maybe the walkways are too narrow or something, and things have to be shifted. If furniture is constantly getting rearranged and it's driving you nuts, you need to rethink something with the listing. It's not currently optimized and comfortable the way that you think it is. Next thing that guests will do that will drive you crazy is breaking or staining things. And this is kind of similar to the last point about rearranging furniture. But if you're consistently finding broken or stained items, ask yourself again, where are these breaks and these stains happening? And hopefully you notice some patterns. If, for example, you're noticing that there is always food on the couch, why are people feeling the need to eat on the couch? Do you maybe not have enough seating at your dining table or at your kitchen counter? Why do people have to consistently eat food at the sofa? Don't get me wrong, some people want to eat food at the sofa anyway, but maybe you're advertising for 10 people and your dining table only seats six. Inevitably, you're forcing four people to go sit on the couch to eat meals. That's a super easy thing that you could just add more dining room seating to, and hopefully that will kind of redirect guest behavior. Let's say, though, that guests are still going to be eating food on the couch. That might still happen. Get a leather sofa maybe get a fake leather sofa. If you're always having to keep up with, you know, wiping down your fabric couch, then maybe fabric just isn't the ideal option for you. Maybe if you still want to keep that fabric, get a performance fabric or get slip covers on the couch. Please be careful with slip covers though, because it's so easy for these to end up looking really tacky and ugly. So if you do get slip covers, make sure that they properly fit and that they still look nice. But you know, again, ask yourself where where are these repeated offenses happening? Where is the stains and the damage occurring? And what can I do to to switch things up and make it easier for guests to not damage or stain things? What about if you're constantly finding water rings on the nightstands and the dining table? Do you have coasters in your listing? If you do, are you only leaving the coasters in one spot, maybe just on the coffee table? So when someone sets their drink somewhere else, they don't even know coasters exist on a totally different table in a different room. If you want people to use coasters, enforce that behavior and put coasters on all tables, on all surfaces, so it's easier for guests to use them. Better yet, pick surfaces that don't even leave water rings. Problem solved. What about stained towels, maybe? Um, if guests are constantly staining your towels with makeup, provide a basket of dark washcloths and put a little label on it that says use these for makeup. So instead of getting mad at guests, see what you are maybe doing as a host and see if maybe do some reflection and see if you've set up the property in a way that is setting up your guests for failure. There might be some really easy changes that you could make to the listing on your end. Instead of blaming guests, there might be some easy changes you can make on your end that will just make it easier for guests to behave the way you want them to. The next thing that's going to drive you crazy is guests forgetting items behind every once in a while. This happens and it doesn't bother me too much at this point. It's, it's not super common, but you know, it still does take time out of your day to have to go ahead and ship the items back and coordinate getting their address, having them reimbursed for shipping and all of that. So if we can eliminate guests leaving things behind in the first place, that's the goal here. I used to have this happen a lot more often, and we made a few simple changes that have seriously cut down the amount that guests are leaving items behind. For one, I used to have hooks on the backs of a lot of the doors behind the bathroom door, behind the bedroom doors. We've pretty much taken all of those out and now our hooks are all in visible places because when you put it behind a door, it's so easy for people to just quickly run through room by room, do a quick check, and they're not closing the door and looking behind it. So a sweater or something could be hanging there. So that has been a huge help for us. Also, moving forward, we are not buying any more nightstands that have drawers in them. We found that a lot of people would leave retainer cases or jewelry or something in the nightstands because we had drawers there. Now, oh, phone chargers. That was one that got left behind all the time. Now we just, moving forward, are only buying nightstands that don't have drawers in them so that people can't leave stuff like that behind. So think about things like this. Where are common places that guests are going to be leaving things? Maybe medicine cabinets in bathrooms. You can take those out. People don't need to unload their entire skincare regimen and line it up in a medicine cabinet they can leave it out on the counter for a couple days in a short-term rental. So maybe take out the medicine cabinet if you're finding that guests are consistently leaving things in there. Um, just just think about those places where guests are losing items. Again, this one is one that it's not the biggest deal in the world to have to ship items back, but it does take time out of your schedule and making guests pay for shipping. They're they're going to be upset that they have to, on top of their whole vacation, pay for shipping and now wait for the items to come back. So make it easier on everyone by a eliminating these points where guests are consistently leaving items behind. And the final common annoyance that I see with guests uh, hosts vent to me about all the time is simply guests not following checkout instructions. When I see this happen, It is most typically with hosts who I will ask to see their checkout instructions so we can see what's going on, why are guests not complying. And typically when I see these checkout instructions, it is hosts who have put in at least seven checkout steps, if not more, sometimes up to 15. I'm just going to tell you this straight up. Guests are not going to follow more than three steps. They're just not. I mean, some some will, okay, probably any of you listening to this, you would because that's just how we are as hosts, but guests are not going to follow more than three steps and they shouldn't be asked to. They are on vacation and I know that Airbnb is different from hotels, but they are on vacation. They are paying guests. They should not be asked to clean your entire place and do all sorts of procedures before leaving. My simple advice on getting guests to follow checkout instructions is to have no more than three steps, five at the absolute most. Like if you, if you must, must, must have five, then okay. But really, if you want, if you want adherence to these rules, three at the most, guests just aren't going to comply to more than that. So here's my suggestion, go through and really pick out three things at the most that your guests must do in order to check out. Be very picky about these and forget everything else. So I will tell you, I only have two things in our checkout instructions and that is take trash out on the way out. It's easy because our dumpsters are right in the parking lot. This is one checkout step that we are very particular about because frankly, with my cleaner cleaning seven different units, she is not able to gather all the trash and go make seven trips back and forth to the dumpsters. It's just too difficult for her. So this is one that is Guests should be able to do it, especially if guests are leaving bottles behind, beer bottles or something, glass bottles. The trash can get so heavy. And my poor little cleaner, who is like five feet tall, it's not her job to be lugging out heavy, heavy, heavy trash bags. So, this is one we're very particular about. And then the second thing we ask people is just have the dishwasher loaded and started. That one is important because our dishwasher cycles take about two and a half hours each. I think even the quick wash is is like an hour and 45 minutes. So if our guests are not starting the dishwasher by checkout, then there's just no way for that cycle to finish running by the time my cleaner is done and ready to get out of there. So that's it. These are our only two checkout instructions. Take trash out on your way out and please have the dishwasher started, loaded, and running. We get probably 99% compliance with our checkout instructions. They are just two steps. They're very easy to follow. And so we get pretty much everyone to comply. If you put in, when you start getting more than like three steps, if you're putting in four, five, six, and more steps in your checkout instructions, what's going to happen is some steps in there that you have that aren't really that important. You just put them in just because. Uh, if guests aren't doing those and they think that a couple of your steps are kind of BS and not really that important, they're not going to be able to discern what are really the important things that you need to have done by guests. All they're going to do is now throw out the entire list and just not do anything. So make it easy for them. If there are a couple points with your hosting procedures, with your checkout, with your cleaning that you need to have done, in order to keep everything on track and keep your business running smoothly? If there are a couple points like that, you put those in your checkout instructions and nothing else. So think this is going to be different for every property depending on your situation, but anywhere that you can eliminate having to ask a guest to do things, please try and do so. A big one that I see that you can completely remove from your checkout instructions is things like asking guests to turn off all lights and draw all the curtains and turn off the AC and all fans before they leave realistically, you do not need to ask guests to do that. If your cleaner is showing up to the property within 30 minutes of your guests checking out, your cleaner can take care of that. It's fine if fans are running and some lights are left on and some utilities are being used for 30 minutes tops before your cleaner gets there. Take it out. You don't need to ask your guests to do that. Another one that I see that's really common that is just not necessary is very specific instructions on where your guests are supposed to leave bedding and towels. I have literally stayed in Airbnbs where the instructions are, warning, do not make the beds upon leaving. Please leave all sheets in a ball at the foot of the bed. And do not mix the sheets with other beds or other towels, like very specific stuff. Don't ask your guests to do that. It's just too... They should not be stripping the beds and going through this kind of stuff. That is something that your cleaner can do and be sorting laundry I know, I'm already going to hear pushback. Some of you are going to say, I have to tell them to put their wet towels in the tub because we have original hardwood floors. So look, that is a perfect case where you might need to specifically designate that as a rule for your property. But the majority of you listening to this, you don't need to do that. You probably have tile in your bathroom. And if they just leave the towels on the floor, it's okay. So think about, again, every property is going to be different here, but try to really minimize the amount of things you're asking guests to do. First of all, it's just better customer service. They're on vacation and they shouldn't have an extensive list, but also it is going to help you. I know it's kind of counterintuitive thinking that, Oh, if I give them less steps, it's not going to be as helpful in the checkout procedure because they're not doing as much. The truth is they're going to have a much easier time complying with the few things that are very, very important to you and the rest you can just let that go and and your cleaner can take care of it. So to run through the five points again, these are the five things that guests will do that will drive you crazy. Guests leaving dirty dishes behind, rearranging furniture, breaking and staining things, forgetting items behind, and not following checkout instructions. I've been there. I'm sure you've been there already. These are those little things that just make you want to pull your hair out and lead to hosting burnout. But ask yourself, what can you be doing as a host to try and eliminate some of these problem behaviors that you're finding? Sometimes it really is just on the guest and you can put all these things in place that we talked about and still guests aren't going to comply. That's just the nature of the business, but there is a lot that we can do internally and introspectively before we go ahead and blame our guests and get super resentful of them. So my advice to you this week is take a look internally with with how you're presenting your property and where are these pain points that you might be able to restructure things a little bit to just enforce. The behavior that you already want from guests and prevent these annoyances from happening in the first place. For this week's Airbnb quick tip, I have a very simple one for you going off of what we just talked about how to not set your guests up for failure. This one is so easy, but literally go through your property and if you have any Tupperware in there, take it out. Take out the Tupperware. Airbnbs do not need Tupperware, okay? Let me tell you a personal story. In the beginning early days of my hosting journey, I did not know what I was doing and I literally just stocked the kitchen up with everything that we thought a standard kitchen has. One of those items ended up being Tupperware. I figured, hey, if guests cook or something, they can put their leftovers in Tupperware and keep it in the fridge while they're here. Boy, did I learn quickly that that was such a mistake. Let me tell you what was happening. One of our checkout instructions asks our guests to start the dishwasher, and most guests are pretty good and compliant about it. However, my cleaner was constantly sending me pictures that there was Tupperware left in the fridge with various food or whatever that the guests had cooked while they were there or takeout that they brought home and moved into Tupperware, whatever it was. Guests would forget to empty the fridge, empty the Tupperware, and then load the Tupperware into the dishwasher. So my cleaner ended up having to wash all this Tupperware by hand because already the dishwasher was running, so she couldn't open it and and add the Tupperware in. So she ended up throwing out all this food and having to wash Tupperware by hand. So frustrating because... It's like our guests were wanting to work with us and they did follow checkout instructions and they, and they did start the dishwasher. They just forgot to open the fridge, which is so common. So, you know, I, at first I was like, oh my gosh, we have to have Tupperware though. We ended up taking it out. I just figured, hey, if this is a pain point right now and this is something that my cleaner is repeatedly telling me, she's frustrated that she comes in to see the dishwasher started and she still has to wash dishes by hand. It takes time. That stuff adds up. Guests clearly don't care enough about that food to want to take it home anyway. So why are we leaving it there? In the end, we scrapped the Tupperware. Now all I leave is Ziplocs. I leave some snack-size ones, sandwich-size, quart-size, gallon-size. That's all you need. And if guests really need to store their leftovers, they can do it in a Ziploc. But guess what? If they forget that food and it's not that important to them to take home or eat those leftovers, you just throw the Ziplocs out. Genius, right? take the Tupperware out of your listing. Maybe you haven't experienced yet this repeated issue of guests leaving the food in the fridge, so you can't relate to me on that one. But one other thing with Tupperware is that it's so hard to keep Tupperware looking crisp and fresh. It just takes one time of somebody storing leftover spaghetti in there, and then your Tupperware is just stained red for all of eternity. You know what I'm talking about. It gets that red film on it that just you can never get it out it just tupperware just doesn't ever look fresh i don't know to me i just don't want to use someone's used tupperware maybe that's just me being picky but it's one of those things that you just never get it to look as crisp and bright and perfectly clear plastic as when you bought it just get it out i'm telling you Airbnbs don't need Tupperware. They just don't. Have Ziplocs if you still want to provide that food storage option for your guests, and that is more than enough. Scrap the Tupperware. Your cleaner will thank you. For this week's question of the week, a very common question I get asked is What do I do if my guest reaches out wanting to cancel? What do I tell them? What do I do? Uh, In a lot of cases, the guest, if they do need to cancel, is just going to cancel it without ever talking to you. I get that pretty frequently, but a lot of times the guest is going to reach out and see basically what you can do for them. Um, They might just be not even looking for a refund on the cancellation, but maybe they're just not familiar with the Airbnb platform and they're just asking if you can cancel their stay for them. So, So what do you do when the guest reaches out? First and foremost, do not ever, ever be the one to cancel it as the host. Remember that if you cancel just one time in a calendar year on a guest, you will be ineligible from becoming a super host for an entire year. So please do not be the one to initiate the cancellation. If the guest reaches out and they are having technical issues and not able to figure out how to cancel, tell them to call Airbnb. You could even call Airbnb if the guest just really seems helpless and then just leave it up to either Airbnb to cancel or Airbnb to call the guest and walk the guest through how to cancel. Regardless, you just don't want to be the one to cancel. Okay. Now that that's covered, what do you do in the case when the guest asks for a refund on the cancellation policy? This one's easy. Don't overthink it. All you have to do is say we will defer to whatever cancellation policy is in place. So when you cancel, you will see the amount that you get back. That's what it will be. What I like to do is tell people that if I'm able to rebook the dates, I will credit you for the amount that I was able to rebook for. So in a lot of cases, if they do cancel last minute, and that means I had to drop my rates, I'm only going to be able to credit back the difference. But that's just something I like to do. You have no obligation to do that. At the time that the guest books, they do know what your cancellation policy is. And if that included no refund for them. You you have no obligation to do it. Also, keep in mind that guests who cancel never get a chance to leave a review. So if they're threatening that they'll leave a bad review because they don't get the refund they want, no, don't buy into that. They don't even get to leave one. And there is one final outcome that could come from a guest reaching out to you asking to cancel their stay. And that is you or them may suggest simply changing the dates rather than canceling the reservation altogether. If something came up for a certain weekend, they might just say, hey, you know, this weekend is no longer good. Can we just push it back in a month? We still want to come. We just can't do these dates. Please be careful when you do this. A lot of hosts just think, okay, perfect situation. Yeah, they can't come this weekend anymore. You know, it's kind of last minute. It kind of sucks that it's last minute, but at least we're not losing a whole reservation. They're just going to push it back a month. What you may not know is that when you change the dates of a reservation, when you push it back in a case like this, Airbnb now treats it as a brand new reservation. So let's say that you had this strict policy, meaning that if they cancel within 14 days of check-in, they no longer get a full refund. So let's say they were supposed to be checking in this weekend. And if they canceled, they weren't eligible for a refund. Now, if you work with them to push their dates back a month from now, 28 days from now, They are now outside that 14-day window, and since Airbnb treats it as a brand new reservation, the guest can actually go in and now cancel after the dates have been changed. They can go cancel and now get a full refund. It frustrates me so much that that is the case. I really, really wish this is one thing that drives me crazy with Airbnb. I wish that they treated it as the same reservation. It is just a crazy loophole and I had to find this out the hard way. I literally did move a guest stay once thinking that it was all goodwill, that they had reached out and genuinely just wanted me to change the dates. And once I did, they immediately canceled. I'm not kidding. It was probably like 45 seconds later, they just canceled the reservation for an upcoming peak weekend. And I was so pissed. I didn't even realize they were able to do that. So just keep in mind there may be cases where you figure, hey, it's low season right now anyway, I, you know, whatever, or the time that they're pushing it off to. Maybe you're thinking, okay, this weekend that they're trying to push it back from, I really can rebook pretty easily. But a month from now, when they're trying to come, it's different. So whatever. I'll just take the chance and and let them push back the dates." There may be individual cases where that's not a bad compromise, but just keep in mind that if you do change the dates, you do open up this loophole for guests who, if they are savvy and they know about this, they could technically go and immediately cancel their reservation after. Just be aware of that. Ultimately, it's up to you to decide how you want to proceed in these situations. The key things to remember are don't ever be the one to initiate the cancellation as a host. Always put it on the guest or call Airbnb and have them assist the guest. Also, do not feel like you have to give refunds for cancellations. It is laid out clearly in your cancellation policy and guests who cancel can't leave reviews. And last, if the guest wants to move their dates, maybe you're okay with that, but keep in mind that it does open up this loophole where the guests could cancel the reservation altogether. For this week's MIT Airbnb hole, this person, we're gonna call this host Jen. That's not her real name, but let's call her Jen. Jen posted in one of the Facebook groups I'm in for hosts and said simply, how would you handle this guest? And then she attached six screenshots of a back and forth between her and her current guest, or sorry, not her current guest, a guest that checked out a week ago. I will warn you, it is a little bit disjointed the way that these screenshots come together. It just seems like in some points where she uploaded it, the guest's response cut off and other points, the host's response cut off. I'm just going to do my best to read this and we will just interpret what we need to and fill in the gaps where there are any. So here we go. Starting with the message from the guest. Hi there. Apologize for the delay. I was swamped with work right after the trip. Thanks again for hosting us. We did have some issues with the stay. Unfortunately, both bathrooms were dirty. The toilets and the bathtubs had hair, which is disgusting, and we had to have someone come clean it. The place was supposed to be clean, but it was not. Also, each toilet only had one roll of paper. We would like some sort of discount. At that point, it looks like the guest wrote more, but it got cut off. But after that, there are a couple pictures that she attaches, and the pictures just show the toilet with some hair in it, and the toilet paper stand with the one roll of toilet paper. I'm going to upload this photo. Actually, I will post it on my stories today so you guys can see the strand of hair in this toilet for yourself. Um, But if if you don't go look at the visual, I will just tell you, what she sent is a perfectly clean toilet with like a clump of four or five strands of hair on one side. So um, right there, we have some questions because if if the toilet is clean, I mean, literally, this toilet is sparkling clean. If the toilet is clean and the cleaner scrubbed it clean, how did just a strand, like four strands of hair get put off to one side of the toilet and where it is too. It's in, it's actually in the toilet bowl. It's like in the water. So even if, even if, I mean, I just, there's no way that the cleaner left this. There's just no way. Because again, in order to wipe the bowl as clean as it looks, she would have obviously wiped the hair down. Like this hair came in after the toilet bowl was cleaned. And again, I will post this picture on my Instagram stories today. So you guys can see for yourself. But it definitely looks to me like this guest pulled out four or five strands of hair and just dropped them here. And it's so annoying too, because even if this was left behind the position of where the hairs are, you literally would just have to flush. It's not even on the toilet seat. Like it would not be anything that the guest has to touch or deal with. You literally would just flush. It's, it's like in the water of the toilet bowl. So already, um, I'm, I'm not liking where the guest is coming from, okay? Let's read the host's response. So the host says, If you had issues with cleanliness, why didn't you reach out to us so we had the opportunity to address it and have our cleaners come back over to clean it? We cannot fix something if we were not informed. There should have been extra rolls of TP under the sink and... If there weren't, a simple phone call would have fixed that. I also sent you many communications, giving you every opportunity to bring up any issues you may have found, but you never mentioned any. We are a week past your checkout date and you are just now bringing this up. I'm sorry, but I have no way of knowing if what you are claiming is factual since... And this is where it cuts off. Like I said, these screenshots are a little bit just disjointed, but it looks like she says... um, I'm just putting the pieces together from another screenshot, but it looks like she said, we have no way of knowing if what you are claiming is factual since my cleaners weren't allowed to address them. So I am not going to give you a discount. Thank you. Any of you? Who have been following me for a while and know my hosting philosophy will know that I am so proud of this host already. I'm not even done reading you the other screenshots, but it's very clear who is the Airbnb hole here and who is not. We do not ever, ever, ever jump to giving guests refunds just because they complain. We wait, we evaluate the situation, we see if it's fair what they're complaining about. And so far, I'm very proud of this host for sticking to her guns. Let's continue though, because there are more screenshots to read here. So... The guest said, I understand your concern on why I didn't reach out as soon as our trip ended, but I've been extremely busy with work and the signal on the drive home was not exactly the best. I gathered all my information within less than a week to show you everything so they could be properly addressed with you. I'm taking time and effort out of my busy schedule to see if something can be worked out, but if you are unable to, then I will have no choice but to leave a bad review. Okay. And then this host responded... Good morning to you. As stated previously, the instant you walked into the cabin and you saw things were not up to your expectations would have been the exact time to reach out. It only takes a minute. I would have gladly sent our cleaner back over to address your issues. We are sorry, but we cannot issue you a discount. Maybe if you had reached out right away, we could have worked something out. And then it looks like the guest sent this message, but again, I just... I wish that the host had uploaded these in a more clear manner because it is just really hard to tell like what order these were sent in. But either way, the next screenshot says from the guest, hi, again, we were on vacation and the place should have been ready as any place should be. And we needed to use the bathrooms immediately and could not wait to use them. With all due respect, the place should have been ready. And technically it was not ready because it was not properly cleaned and stocked fairly. And I think after that, it looks like maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe the last response from the host was sent after this. I'm not really sure the timeline, but either way, you guys get the point. Um, this host, or th- this host is l- wonderful. Good job to the host. I am so freaking proud of them for not just jumping to giving refunds. This guest is so clearly trying to manipulate the situation. None of this is consistently making sense. Their whole excuse that, oh my gosh, I'm extremely busy. I'm so busy that I couldn't even reach out to you until a week later. If you're such a busy person, how were you able to contact your own cleaner? That's what they said in the first message was that it was so dirty upon arrival that they had to get a cleaner to come in if you're a busy person, please tell me what's easier. Is it easier to just reach out to your host and say, hey, it's not clean. Can we get a cleaner? Or is it easier in an area you're brand new to that you're on vacation on, but you don't know the area presumably that well if you're just visiting for the first time on vacation, and now you are going to go search for a cleaner and schedule a cleaning service to come in? Like, come on. And then this whole thing too about this whole part where she says, we, when we showed up, we needed to use the bathrooms immediately and could not wait to use them. That's also inconsistent because if you're saying you had to use the bathrooms immediately, then how earlier you said that the bathrooms were so dirty, you had to call somebody to come clean them before you could use them. So which is it? Were you, were they clean enough that you could use it immediately? Or did you have to wait to call someone out? And if this guest really did pay a cleaner to come in, wouldn't she be submitting or sending the host a screenshot of an invoice from the cleaner or a screenshot of her Venmoing her or sending her a Zelle transfer, like anything? Wouldn't we see some form of payment or invoicing from paying this cleaner that she found? Clearly this this guest is just trying to get a refund. And here's why I picked this story today, okay? Little little time for reflection. I know that this post is not that controversial, okay? Some of the ones that I read in the Am I the Airbnb hole, I am sure that you guys may disagree with me on who's in the right and who's in the wrong. This one is pretty cut and dry. The reason that I included this one is because I know that even though probably 99% of you out there hearing this agree that the guest is in the wrong, I know there is a good portion of you that would give her a refund or discount for this just to avoid getting a negative review. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. I want you to tell me I'm wrong, but I know there are some of you out there that would totally do that. Don't be that host. Please don't be that host. Guests should not be able to have this much power over you, okay? And if you listen to last week's episode, you especially know that reviews are not as important as we all think they are. Yes, okay, I'm not telling you abandon them completely. I always say strive for that 4.8 at least so you can maintain super host. But one negative review is not going to kill you. And letting guests who behave this way, giving in to what they want, All it's going to do is get them to perpetuate this bad behavior and repeat it on the next host. And you know, hosting karma is a real thing. If you let that go around, it's going to come back to bite you again. You have to be firm with these guests. I'm so, so proud of this host for not just sticking to her guns, but also just the way she did it. It was just so to the point we're not giving you a discount. You didn't let us know during your stay. You're letting me know a week later. You didn't give us an opportunity to fix it. This is something a simple phone call could have taken care of. No refunds. Thank you. And even though this guest threatened a bad review, it did not change her behavior, change the host's response or behavior. I'm so proud of this host. So please, if you guys are listening to this and you feel like you are the kind of host that would have just given in because you don't want the headache... Take a learning lesson from this. Let me tell you another thing too. The moment that that guest responded with that line that says, if you don't work something out for us, we will have to leave a bad review screenshot that and take that to the bank. I have probably gotten half a dozen Airbnb reviews removed exactly like this because Airbnb has a zero tolerance policy for retaliatory or revenge reviews. And that is clearly what this is. The guest is saying, if you don't give me money back, I will leave a bad review. If the experience was truly bad, they should just leave a bad review regardless, right? That's being an honest guest and trying to let the next guest know. But no, they're saying, I may leave you a good one if I get what I want. That is a retaliatory review, cut and dry, no questions asked. This is as black and white as it could be. So screenshot that. And if they do leave a bad review, you can get it removed for this. But again, let's just say by some chance, the Airbnb rep does not remove the review. It's still not worth giving a refund over. A few reviews like this are not going to hurt you in the length of your Airbnb career. Do not be held hostage over situations like this. I'm so proud of this host. She is a not the Airbnb hole. Jen, you did a great job. This guest, you are the Airbnb hole, and I hope I... Don't ever have to host you. I'm thinking, though, that because Jen was so strong and convicted in her response to you, my hope is that you do not try this again on another host, and hopefully... This behavior is now squashed, but either way, I still don't want to host you, so please don't come creeping around my Airbnbs. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know, a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye!